Welcome to another episode of Only the Brave Have Fun. This is your host, Jazz Bear. And today's guest is Stephanie Scheller. Now, Stephanie is, uh, is the founder of Grow Disrupt, a uh, San Antonio-based training organization for small businesses. She's an accomplished speaker, has been behind the scenes with more than 2,500 companies in the past five years to analyze and address their sales, marketing, and systems. She's also a TEDx speaker, a Forbes 30 and 30 nominee, a 2019 New York Life Woman of the Year nominee, and a two-time best-selling author. In this episode, we are going to discuss how you can grow your business using events and how to make sure your events become successful. So, so really, it's about event as a marketing tool. So let's welcome Stephanie. Thank you so much for joining us, Stephanie. Today, we are going to talk about, you know, how um, events can really help grow your business really fast. And, and you've been helping businesses over the last past five years do that. So today we're going to share that and, you know, but before we talk about events and how it can help you, just talk a little bit about your journey and how did you get here and, you know, how did you discover this and what were you doing before that? Ah, okay. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on. I always have fun and I know we've had now, well, one previous just now conversations. We seem to be getting along well. I think this is going to be a lot of fun, fun hour or 20, 40 some odd minutes. So what was I doing before? So I graduated from college, 2011, university, and I got a job selling advertising to small businesses here in San Antonio, Texas, which is where I live now. And I did really, really well at it until the company I was working for started messing with my commission check. And they're coming up with all kinds of reasons for not paying me. Uh, So I started a sales training business. And 2014, I started my sales training business in May. And at the end of August, I'd actually made more money doing the sales training practice than I had working full time. So I said, you know, sayonara, we're done, walked away. And I just built this sales training business for the next year and a half. Well, for the next year at that point and did really well with it. I built it up to where we were really the largest, most active sales training practice in Central Texas. And as I built it, once I got to about a year of doing this full time, I started to realize this wasn't really where I got passionate and excited about because I'm good at sales. I was very good. I still am very good at sales training. I can go in and talk to a sales team and do training because my, my sales perspective comes at sales from a, like a psychological level. Like, let's talk about how people think, what they do, why they do it. What do you say? What are the little things that are going to ease people? It's almost like a, a cross between Robert Cialdini and like Jeb Blunt, psycho, the psychology of sales. Yeah. And so I use that really well going in, talking with a bunch of teams. And then we started doing our own two-day immersive sales scripting boot camp. And I started to realize that where I would get really jazzed up and excited was when we would have small business owners in the room. And the small business owner is trying to build out their script so they can go and sell stuff for their company and they can build up their company. And what I started to notice was I had another trainer who would run the boot camp with me and I would assign her to work with all of the employees and I would go work with all of the business owners. And I was like, okay, all right. I can pick up on the trend here. Clearly, I have a preference for small business owners. And I realized I really wanted to work with small business owners to help them be successful all around in their business. Um, I'd been doing marketing consulting on the side because that's 
what I did originally was selling marketing. And when I left the company, I had a bunch of my clients who were like, Hey, come help us, please. Your replacement sucks. You were so good at like guiding us with all of our marketing. So I was doing this marketing on the side and the sales training full time. And then I realized I really wanted to work with small businesses. But then as I started trying to transition into that, I realized, okay, I'm not actually like, I don't know everything about small business. So what I decided to do instead was be the, the, you know, the center of the wheel, like the hub of the wheel and bring together all these incredible people at business and put them in the room for events so that they could come in and talk about their area of expertise in business. And they could hang out and help these small business owners figure out how to implement what they were talking about. And so that's what it, that we made that shift. Um, and it took a little bit of time to figure this out, but that was the shift we made. And, and it was just, it makes business so much more fun. Um, I still get people who think of me as a sales trainer, call me up for sales training. <laughs> <laughs> But for the most part, like people are getting this, okay, hey, Steph, Steph is an event organizer. She puts on really freaking cool events. We just did one last week. I've already got people texting me about how, like I had one lady who messaged me and she goes, oh my gosh, Steph, I did this one thing this, that the guy on stage told us to do because at the event, he was like, do it, do it, do it right now at the event. She was like, I already landed a $10,000 deal from this. I was like, yes, that's what I love. That's what I want. So in terms of putting this in perspective, so when you went says you put events on, would it be fair to say, do you organize the events or you are, as well as organizing, you actually speak on the events as well? I do speak at the events as well. And what I actually refer to myself as the, the event producer. So right. I design what the event should look like right? and what the theme is and who the speakers are. Right. And then I, especially like for this big one that we do the grow retreat, I actually am like the barrier. So you have to do an interview with me in order to purchase a ticket to attend the event. And it creates this just incredible atmosphere where everyone coming into the room is so like-minded that you're walking into a room full of strangers and they're all instantly your best friends. And it's just the coolest, the coolest feeling. So event organizer, you could say that I really, I typically say I'm an event producer because we produce the, I produce the whole thing. And then I have like my event planner who works for me, who handles the logistics. And because that's not my area of expertise. That's not my, it's not my strength. I can do it. It's just does not get me excited. <laughs> awesome. And, and then, so in terms of, you know, you've helped over 2,500 businesses, small businesses, and, 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 you know, over the last five years and in trying to help them grow the business. So what kind of, uh, I mean, when we say small businesses or, or what kind of companies or, or, um, uh, the size of the companies in terms of revenue and industries should run events. Uh, why use that? I think, so I think events can be really useful. I'm actually trying to think of like an industry that wouldn't be a good use. The key is if you're going to do events as a marketing tool, because it is a phenomenal marketing tool because, you know, we do these events as our business, but when we put on an event, we get so much media attention for that event. Like it becomes such a key thing. People want to talk about it and they want to talk about a really well done event, right? So they want to come in and you're going to get a lot of attention, social media, traditional media, you get a lot of attention for putting on these events. And so the key is, I think, I really think that almost any business can find a way to do an event for them. And I would actually say, if you've got someone listening, who's sitting here saying, Oh, well, you know, um, I don't think we could do events for my bit, my industry. Like I would say, reach out to me, let's brainstorm. I'll try and help you figure out a way to do it. Cause 
I really can't think of like, I mean, I guess if you're like selling to the government, that probably maybe if you're strictly selling to the government, you may not need to do events there, but really you can. So the thing about the events is you can cater it. So it is focused on your target market, right? So Mm -hmm. even if I'm a manufacturing facility and I manufacture pickled jalapenos, right? Super random. They probably don't have that. I don't know. They have those over in Britain. They're really popular here in Texas. Okay. But even if you do that, you could sit here and say, okay, who's my target market? Well, you know, convenience store owners, uh, ballpark owners, people who run, you know, food stands at ballparks. These are all my, my ideal market. What kind of event could I put on that would attract them? What kind of star power, you know, putting on an event with, you know, bounce houses and face painting, probably not going to work for them, right? Yeah. But if you find the, the right kind of an event, right, let's say you do, a, you do an event about increasing food sales, increasing, increasing um, cafe food sales at events. And so you bring in speakers who are going to talk about how do you increase food sales and you can get all these guys to come show up for this event and you decide whether or not you want to charge admission for it. And then your marketing is market focused on marketing the event, which is a single event, right? It's a singular portion of the year, but your business gets so much attention for putting that on, for being one of the primary sponsors of that event. And then they also, they say that, you know, if you can get someone to spend 60 minutes with you, you can, you can get them to buy from you. Uh, the challenge is getting people to spend 60 minutes with you in today's world. So mm-hmm. that's where I, I really, I spent some time thinking about this because I knew you were going to ask that. And I was like, I really can't think of an industry or a business that wouldn't benefit from doing events. You just scale it to your size, right? If you're a one person show, you put on a small event. You don't go, you know, put on a six figure event that's going to cost you a ton of money, right? Here's what my experience has been. And a lot of people, you've obviously heard of the site meetup, meetup.com. Mm-hmm. That's a very good, good way of, you know, putting, putting a show up and, and you know, see if people want to come. So yeah. there's obviously other key questions of should you charge, should you not charge at the beginning? Or it also depends on what kind of value you're giving, all that kind of stuff. Right. But, but if you're a one-man show, do you have to have some kind of, uh, uh, let's, let's take a bit of extreme example here. You're a one-man show, you've been working for a while. What kind of following you need to have uh, to, to get these amount of people in the room because I've had events where you forget free events. I'm talking about paid events where if people right. have paid 25 pounds or 30 pounds for a ticket and still like 30 people and still only 12 or 10 show up and not, not everybody shows. Show. Yeah. How do you kind of deal with that? Is it because that's because of the influence of the, of the person that's putting the event on or is it that you have to have a certain amount of following before you should think about it? Because we are social beings, right? I mean, if I come into a room and it's empty, it's got a couple of people in it, I'm probably not going to be impressed. Probably not going to say, right. nothing to do with the, the value that the person's going to give. It's just that people are lazy even when they're paying. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, for our big grow retreat, yeah. people pay $3,000 for that. And wow. we still have people not show up. It, it blows my freaking mind. I'm like, okay, you know, there's no refunds if you don't show up day of, right? Like, yeah. what the heck? So... I think, so to answer your first question, then I kind of want to, I kind of want to tag on a little bit here, but um, I think one of the most important things is you need to have a handful of dedicated followers, right? So it's not so much you need a, a group of 500 followers. It's not that you need a mailing list of 1,500 or 20, you know, 10,000 people. It's that you need 
a handful of really hyper-dedicated people who will show up, that you know will show up. And you go to these guys and you say, hey, I'm putting this event on. You know, what day works best for you? Get their buy-in, right? So say, let's say you want to do an event of 20 people. Find 10 people you can go to and say, okay, here's the type of event I'm thinking of putting on. Here's what the cost is going to be. Here are the dates I'm looking at. Here's the value. Would you show up for this? You know, and if the answer is yes, what day works for you? Because you're someone I really want in the room. And so I want to choose a date that works for you. And so you get these 10 people bought in, right? So now you just have to go sell another 10, 15 tickets to get to those 20 people in the room. Because you have to, you have to expect 50% of your people are not going to show up for most low cost events, right? So you, you get, you do an event under a hundred dollars, you know, or 99, I mean, you do it, you do an event under anything under three figures, you are, you're going to have at least a 50% attrition rate almost all the time. So decide how big you want your event to be. You, especially as you're getting your brand off the ground, you've got to guarantee you get that many people in the room. So you got to go to people individually. Hey, hey, Jesper, please, I really want you in the room for this event. And you go to them personally. This is not, as you're building your reputation as an event producer, as someone who puts on really good events people want to come to, it's work, right? It's, it's slightly separate work than the rest of the work you're doing in building your business but it becomes so worth it. And then that's the other thing is make sure people understand right off the bat, hey, I'm doing, start with small events. We started our, you know, our two-day sales scripting immersion event. We only did, you know, seven to 10 people for that. And we told them, hey, we are only doing seven to 10 people because we want to make sure that you get individual personalized attention. Right. And so if you spin it that way, hey, I'm handpicking 15 people to be in this room and I want you to be one of them. If they show up and only 10 people are there, no one's going to sit there and be like, there's only 10 people here. Now, if they show up and only two people are there, mm, that's a little bit of a, that's a different challenge. But I will say the very, very, very first event that I put on, uh, it was a free one hour, hour and a half sales training. Yeah. And um, I found a location. I booked the location. We did the promo. We used Meetup. We used Eventbrite. We used like three other sites. We had Facebook. We had email, my mailing list. I went to like four networking events talking about this event. Um, I had all these people signed up to show up. Probably 15 or 20 people signed up to show up for this event. I had two who actually showed up. And so what I did was I just sat down, I looked at the two of them and I said, hey, you know what? And they were my two loyal raving fans because I didn't, I didn't know to like go to people specifically and, and hold the, create that personal accountability to show up. So these two people show up and I just looked at them and I said, all right, hey, I know both of you two are building your businesses. Let's do this. Since you guys actually showed up, let's do an hour of sales coaching instead. And so I just sat down and we made it an hour of free sales coaching for the two of them. And they both walked out of there going, I'm so glad no one else showed up. This was awesome. Wow, that, that, that reminds me um, of when I, so about four years ago, I remember at the time my coach that was helping me build my, my business uh, mentioned that I should start doing some events. So I signed up for Meetup and I, I went ahead and I, um, you know, and I, obviously at the beginning, you want to make sure that what you're kind of putting out in the world it's of value and, yes. and you don't want to be charging people. It doesn't feel right to be charging people. So, right. so that's what we went with. And we want to keep the cost as low as possible while giving as much value as possible. Mm -hmm. So I, I went to meet up and I signed up and I put an event up on, on different topics every week. Um, I must have done about 10 events and out of the 10 events each time. So I've tried paid, didn't work. 
free, didn't work. Uh, in terms of didn't work, sometimes no one showed up, sometimes 15 people signed up and only two will turn up or one will turn up. Yeah. And I said, I don't know whether it's the, the copy that I'm writing is not working, whether I don't have enough influence, uh, in, enough base. And, and I did it in central London, so where it's a lot of easy for people to get to, mm-hmm. for easy for, for them to get to. Pretty much I tried everything. Generally, events, that's what really made me kind of put me off a little bit with yeah. events. And, you know, it's, it's just that it's just a hassle of it's, it's so demotivating when you've put so much working and so many people, you know, so less people, you know, turn up. Yeah. Well, and I know a lot of people who they put so much work into the content of the event. Yeah. And, you know, perfect example, the very first time we put on our very first grow retreat, I put so much work, so much time into finding the right speakers and interviewing the and getting the right speakers to show up and working with them to develop their content. And I put all this time there. And then I talked about all that time I put in, in my marketing, but I didn't talk about the, the WIFM, right? The what's in it for me enough to get people to where they wanted to show up for that. And so I think a lot of time, and I see this actually with a lot of, a lot of beginning event people, they put so much time and energy into the design of the event that they put very minimal time comparatively into the actual marketing. And what we realized was because I spent so much time designing the event, I was immersed in the event. I was talking about it all the time, but the only people I was talking about the event to were the people who were showing up already because I was paying them to come in and speak, right? And a couple of my coaching clients. And like, we look back at even my social media for that time period and we're like, wow, I made like a grand total of three posts. So we sit here and we, and, and I, I, I'm watching someone else do this literally right now. She has her first big event um, in a few weeks here. And she's put all this work into the, you know, into getting a great content. And she's really not putting out as much promo on the event as she could. And then she came to me crying because she was like, well, I just don't have as many people signed up. And I was like, mm-hmm. And I told you, you should have come talk to me like, you know, four months ago because people need that lead time. They need, they need to hear it again and again and again and again and again. And especially if it's a free event, you're going to have people who are going to sign up and then last. And I'm so glad to hear it's not just a San Antonio thing because San Antonioans, they'll sign up. And if they've got anything better to do, like sit at home and sip a margarita, they won't come. Like it's so freaking hilarious. And that's the thing, right? I mean, I'd, I've, I've been guilty of that too, that I've spent so much time in producing the content and researching and more researching going, oh, well, I'm going to give them this and this and this and this and this. I want to make sure it's a lot more value. You know, it's just 10 times the value for what they're, they're coming in for. And yeah. you get very disappointed. And, and it's good to, you know, speak to someone like yourself and kind of get that perspective of saying, you know that, they don't know that. Yeah. And that's where the promotion comes in. So obviously the next, next question is for you, you know, someone comes up to you and says, I want to put this event and, you know, how much time should I really spend? You know, um, it's a one hour, I'm going to be speaking for one hour on the stage or whole day, whatever that might be. How much actual time do I spend in terms of producing the content, making sure that's, that's fit for the day? And then how much time do I spend promoting and things like that? So how would you vary that? I would say for every hour you spend preparing the content, yeah. you should spend three to five promoting the event. Wow. Okay. If you're speaking for an hour at an event, let's assume you're going to spend three hours prepping that content because you got to design the content and practice the content and practice it one more time because you didn't like how you practiced it the previous. All right. 
So let's yeah. assume you're going to spend three, maybe four hours. Okay. Even if you just spend four hours prepping your content, four times three, which is the minimum I said, you, you need to spend 12 hours promoting the event. And think about this. A social media post takes you how much time? 30 seconds, 40 seconds. That's a lot of social media posts. And you going out to a networking event, standing up for 30 seconds to talk about your event, that's a 30 seconds, that's 30 seconds of promo. That's not an hour of promo, right? So you go to a networking event over lunchtime. It's a one hour networking event. You stand up for 30 seconds and say, hi, I'm Stephanie Scheller and we're putting on this really great event. It's going to be amazing. I'd love to see you guys there. It's January 31st at four o'clock at this location. Awesome. Yay. That's your 30 seconds. That's, that's 30 seconds of promo. If people come up to you and talk to you afterward, you can count that too. Yeah. But you going to a networking event for an hour and talking for 30 seconds doesn't count as an hour of promo. Right. right. So you got, and that, when people start to think about that, they go, Oh crap. <laughs> like, that's a lot of stuff. How do you come up with that much promo? Like I can't make that many social media posts, which is true. Like if you just sit there and you post like 400 times, like, please come out to my event. Like no one's showing up to your event. So it becomes, you've got to start getting creative with that. I don't know if you want me to start going into that yet, or if you want to wait and go into get creative with our promo in a couple of minutes. No, absolutely. So, so and, and just on that as well, um, as well as that, and let's also touch on things like, because I'm sure a lot of people listening to this will have this question, you know, it's my first event or it's my second event. Should I now move into paid events? Should I not? So let's talk about both. So yeah. what, what kind of some of the ways to make sure that you can fulfill your events other than just putting a 30 second promo video? I mean, I'm, I'm one of those people when someone says post comes on with the person saying I have an event at this dead, unless I see it a hundred times and go, oh, I've had enough. I have to watch this now. <laughs> I would close. Right. So the key is being consistent with your content, right? Putting it down. Right. So like, for example, we only promote one event at a time right now, okay? Where my, where my company is at, we only promote one event at a time. And even if you look at like Tony Robbins and stuff, he's mm. running events every single month, but he is primarily only promoting really two major events. One is Unleash the Power Within, the other one is his Business Mastery course. Yeah. Because both of those are entry points to his funnel of all of his other courses, right? Because I, I use Tony as an example because he really is kind of like the, you know, everyone kind of looks up to, oh my gosh, I want to run a 10,000 person event where I'm charging $10,000 per person to attend, right? Because yeah. that's a lot of money and everyone gets excited about that. But even he, I mean, he's promoting one event at a time and we've learned to do the same thing. So we don't do any events past September 30th of each year because... Right. October, November, December is all promotion for the Grow Retreat every year, which we do in January. And then everything, everything we talk about is relating back to that. So I'll do a value add Facebook Live where I'm talking about the importance of taking action and you need to get out there. And whatever idea has crossed your mind over the past 30 days that you sat there and said, that's a great idea and I really need to do this and this is going to be awesome and then you didn't do anything on it, that was a waste because ideas are worthless. Idea, right? And I'll get there and I'll go off and I get all excited. I get all passionate. And then I sit there and I say, and by the way, for those of you guys who want some help with getting your ideas off the ground, that's why we do the Grow Retreat like we do. See, at the Grow right. Retreat, you're going to get your ideas, right? You're also going to get you know, application and the speakers are walking you through how to apply it right then and there on site. On top of that, we're going to add in these masterminds for three months after the event because we are really focused on your implementation. 
And I will tell you this, and then I loop it back to the main theme, right? I will tell you this, if where you are getting your ideas from doesn't support you with implementation, you're getting your ideas from the wrong place, right? And so I do this super value ad Facebook Live, okay? Yeah. That's four or five, sometimes even 10 minutes of stuff people will actually watch. And then there's this little like grow retreat promo, right? And then it's gone, but it's all done in the same brand voice, the same passion, the same excitement. And I use it to make a point, right? It wasn't just come out to my event. My event's so great. Yay. It's by the way, if you're not getting your ideas in the same way with people who help you implement them, you're wasting your money. You're wasting your time, right? So it gives them something to think about. So Facebook lives that are value add are really great videos that are value add. We also started doing this thing where we will do a uh, frequently asked questions video. So what I do is we get people who are interested in joining us to come on and, you know, we'll invite them to come join live. And then I'll also ask them, Hey, do you have any questions about the retreat coming up? And I get whatever questions I, you know, all right, jot it down, jot it down. Um, I also will grab questions that I commonly hear while we're doing sales calls. And so I'll do, and that can sometimes run like 30, 40, 50 minutes of a live where people are popping on, hopping off, coming on, coming off. Oh, that's great. I didn't know that. And you'll actually get engagement on that. So there's, that's another way. Going out and doing public speaking and passing out flyers. If you can get out to do any public speaking, if you can do, uh, you know, one of the things we really started looking into this year is doing stuff that's just a little bit different. So I did this whole thing. I did a Facebook Live and I keep talking about Facebook Lives because it's you know one of the easiest ways. But I did this whole Facebook Live where I talked about doing stuff that makes you uncomfortable and I ate a cricket. Like I had like these like edible crickets. It wasn't like me going like, oh, let me go catch a cricket from the backyard. Like, I had these edible crickets and I ate it and I talked about you know what it tastes like, tasted like and stuff. And then I also talked about, okay, you got you to spread your comfort zone. But then we take all these videos, right? We turn them into blogs. We get those blogs distributed on all kinds of websites. So we'll, we'll take some that we'll write just for websites like Forbes or Inc. Because yeah. they will not publish you if that article has been released anywhere else, right? So we will just send that article off to them, okay? And it's not promotional about, right? We make it about the content. When you're sending it off to major sites like that, you do have to remove the promotional piece, but they will link back to your website. So you make sure your website has a big old link to, you know, whatever event you're trying to promote. You put it covers up on your social media. Talk, everything you talk about should relate back to that event, whatever it is you're trying to do. You want to get people to the point where I had a lady who came up to me and she said, Stephanie, I'm so tired of hearing about this stupid grow retreat. Everyone is talking about it. I was like, cool. <laughs> she, she, she goes, she goes, tell me what, what is going on? What is so special about this retreat? Why won't people stop talking about it? And like, that's the level you want to get people there. You want to, but you want to talk about it in a way where it's value add for people, right? If you're just sitting there constantly throwing it at them, I'm doing this event, I'm doing this event, I'm doing this event, I'm doing this event, then it becomes useless but you want to you wanna put blogs out. Um, another thing that I do when we're putting on our events, pulling out my whole bag of tricks here, I should have pulled up my, my actual, we actually have like a three-page marketing plan. Yeah. Was it three? I think it was five this year. We have like this big old marketing plan. Another one that we use to help promote our events is I will use what I call the influencer mode. So we go find people who are incredibly influential, incredibly well-connected. And I go to them and I say, hey, we've got this event coming up. We got this going on would you be interested in joining us at the event? 
half the time they're like, yeah, that sounds really good. I'd love to be there. Half the time they're like, yeah, unfortunately, I, you know, I, I can't, I can't make it. So that's totally cool. Would you be willing to, would you be open to, can you think of a couple of people that you think would be interested? Would you be willing to send them an email on my behalf? And usually I can get those influencers. And I, I try to choose people that, that people take seriously, right? So if you get an email from someone you don't really respect and care about, you're just going to kind of be like, like, eh, yeah. shrug it off. But when that business owner or that person that you really look up to emails you and says, hey, by the way, I found out about this event and I really think you should check it out. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm going to actually take it seriously and go check that out, you know, out of respect for that person. So I will typically try and recruit like 20 to 25. And this is for the Grow Retreat, right? So this is a little bit larger event, a little bit higher price point. But getting those influencers to help out, you know, finding those people who believe in you goes a really, really, really long ways towards getting that promo, getting more people in the room for you. Right. Okay. Very interesting. And in terms of, you know, that, that brings me on to an interesting point in terms of, you know, if one wants to, you know, you might be very, uh, you might be delivering a lot of value, but you're kind of new when it comes to event running events for you, for your business. Mm -hmm. Kind of companies like that or, or people like that or, you know, entrepreneurs like that, should you go into other people's, uh, you know, events and speak there? And, and if, if so, how do you choose one? And also, should you, who should you invite to your events? Obviously, you want to make sure that what they're going to say is going to be of value. Uh, they're not going to start promoting and self-promotion. And, you know, maybe to a certain degree, that's okay. How do you work and how do you kind of choose and pick and, and that kind of thing? You, both ways. You going to someone else's event and you inviting them to your events. Someone else to come speak at your event. Yeah. Really good question. So, you know, there are, <laughs> I used to think there were very few stages you could get on that wouldn't be worth getting on. But then I got on some stages that weren't worth getting on. So <laughs> um, I think when you're trying to decide where do I go to speak, one of the biggest things you really need to look at is who's the target market, who's in the audience. You know, I went to an event, I spoke at an event where it was a room full of manufacturing supervisors. And I don't really appeal. They had me come talk about time management, which was great because all these guys needed time management. So they got a lot of value out of me speaking. But, you know, none of the people in the room were actually a prospect. They were not the people who were going to buy tickets to our events. They were not the people who were going to hire me for anything. And so, you know, looking at who is in the room, okay? If you are going to talk... I went to another event where it was all, um, it was all quality control officers, right? And again... Not, they're not high enough up on the, on the ladder to get their boss's attention and be like, oh my gosh, you got to check this person out. They're also not you know, high enough up on the ladder to buy from me. So you got to look at who it would be attracted to this event. Is your audience going to be, is your ideal target market going to be there? I'm not a big fan of pitching from the stage. I don't pitch from the stage. I believe you show up, you add a lot of value, people come to you. People show up and they want to spend money with you. Sure. It makes for a much easier sales conversation too. So I don't do any pitching from the stage. We'll do a giveaway where whatever I've talked about, I'll do some kind of like, hey, by the way, if you're interested, you know, so my marketing 101 class is like really popular. Everyone loves this, you know, 90 minute marketing 101 class. And I talk about, you know, the importance of having a target market and all the things you need to look up. And I talk about, you know, how to design a marketing plan. I talk about making sure that you've got really solid brand colors and all this stuff. And so at the end of the class, I'm like, by the way, I've got this really cool like eight page article on choosing brand colors. I've got a sample target market, a sample marketing plan. Anyone interested in those? I'll get them to you. Just text your name and information to this number. And so I get people texting, you know, we'll get 
you know, 90% of the room texting in for that. So we can follow up and, and see if they actually want to buy anything. And I don't have to do any pitching from the front of the room, which becomes such a big turnoff. Yeah. One thing I do, a couple things I do look at. So one, I look at who's in the room, right? Is that worth me talking to them too? The other thing I look at is how established is the person putting on this event? Right. So I spoke at an event a couple of years ago where it was the guy's first event and he's an AV company trying to put on an event to show people, you know, as promotion for his company, show people what he could do. And he rented out this huge ballroom at a hotel. They had a great setup. He had a huge lineup of speakers. He was planning for like 100, 150, 200 people to be at this event. Promoted the event out to my audience. You know, we all show up that day, me and like the eight or nine people that I, you know, convinced to show up for this event. And the only people in the room are me, my eight or nine crew, the other speakers and the AV crew. And that's it. That was it. Massive room, like 20 of us spread across the entire room. It was so bad. I get up on stage. I got nothing out of it. And on top of that, it ended up being almost detrimental to my brand to get up. I mean, I I salvaged it. I got up there and I did a really good job. And I had a lot of people who were like, wow, you were the best speaker that day. And like, you know, appreciate that. But it really, really could have been very damaging to my brand. So I look at how established are these people. Um, who are putting on the event. Do they know what they're doing? Are they going to be able to put on a decent event? Or am I going to show up and it's going to be an absolute, you know, you know what show, right? Mm -hmm. Where everything's going wrong. And um, so I look at that now too. Um, I'm very, very careful about speaking at events where it's their first time putting on an event because there's a lot to learn. And so far I've done it a couple of times and I keep telling them, I'm like, hey, It's your first time putting on an event. So let me know if you have questions. I'm here to help, please. I'm here to be a resource. You're having me speak. I really want this event to look great. And they never reach out for help. They all think they got it sorted. So, you know, for me, that's a big like, "Mm, no, not doing that. And then what was the other question? Other question. How do you tell who to bring in? Right? Yeah. On on, on the flip side, how do you bring a person that's going to bring value and not going to be on the um, and just to kind of, you may or may not be aware, are you aware of uh, success resources as the company success resources? They do a lot of Tony Robbins. They're, they're a Singapore based company and they do mm-hmm. events and they bring yeah. in speakers, they get the top speakers together. I'm talking about Gary Vee. I'm talking about Grant Cardone and all those people and yeah. Tony Robbins events, they, they're run by them as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I personally, I can share this. I'm sharing this for the first time. I always, before I even started my journey, I thought I want to be a speaker and one day I want to be, be working with them. So, and one of the first events I went with them was Tony Robbins events. And nice. it was pretty much, you know, it was four days or five days. I can't remember now. I think it was four days. And out of the four days, Unleashed the Power Within, um, that, that was the one. And out of mm-hmm. those four days, Tony only appeared for collectively, if I put it together, three, four hours, yeah. perhaps, no longer. And then there's the rest of the speakers that I didn't yeah. pay for. I paid for him. Right. And, um, and, and, and the funny thing was, um, they were all pitching something at the end to buy, you know, buy this and it's this much money. And then finally, that CEO comes in and he says at the end, and this is, if it wasn't like, I wasn't, um, you know, getting, if it wasn't getting bad enough to the point you're like, this is just selling and selling and selling. Right at the end on the last in the evening, he says, he, he turns around and says, he says, okay, right now, uh, imagine there's 10,000 or something people there. He says, uh, what we have is that the first, so if you go and book the course right now, the next one, Unleash the Power Within, you A, get it for half price or something along those lines. 
and B, the 11th person goes in for free. Sorry, the first person goes in for free when the 11th person signs. So let's say 11 people just got up and ran to the back of the door, back of the room, they signed up. As soon as the 11th person signs, the first person that was in the queue will go and paid for it will, will, will get a refund and it'll, it'll go for free. And they'll keep going like that. Mm-hmm. And then there's, imagine this, out of 10,000 people, I only saw about six or seven run at the back of the room and I bet they were their own people. And wow. we were each other going, A, we didn't understand what he was saying. And, right. and B, you just straight up, not even kind of adding value or anything, you just straight up said, why would I want to come to the same event again? Yeah. And so, wait, so you went to Unleash the Power Within or you went to like a feeder event? No, that, that event, Unleash the Power Within. Within that okay. event, he had different know, speakers coming on. I hear that a lot. So actually, we actually had someone, um, one of the people who went to our grow retreat last year, she texted me, she went to Unleash the Power Within um, last year as well. She texted me as she was leaving. She said, by the way, your event is way better than Tony Robbins. I was like, yes, awesome. I love I think that. A lot of people are kind of realizing now as well yeah. with, uh, you know, uh, with Tony Robbins, especially I think as a person, if you have him one-to-one, if you can afford to the time one-to-one with him, he can add a Great. lot of value. His books are very good, all of that stuff. But when it comes to events, and obviously he can't look at every tiny detail, he has to outsource something. That's where he's getting wrong. I mean, being a pop Yeah, it just, it's a pitch fest and people are so tired of pitch fests. You're, you're yeah. right. Like, I tell people, I'm like, don't go to $99 events. If it's under 99 bucks, it's a pitch fest. If it's a day, right? Now, if it's, a, you know, $25, 25 pounds for lunch, okay, that's probably not a pitch fest. Like, you're probably actually getting lunch. Like, but like, if you're going to a one day event that's free, and like, so for example, there's a company that makes the rounds around the US here, and I'm sure they are overseas too, where they bring in Tony Robbins and Pitbull and they bring in all like these big names, but what they do is they'll have like three big names. So the one I went to, they had Tony Robbins, Pitbull, Susie Orman, um, and Jerry Jones. And uh, so Jerry Jones was the opener, right? So this is, this is how they, they, they line it all up. They line up a big name as the opener to get people in the room early because everyone yeah. wants to hear you know, what this guy has to say. Then they line up someone right before lunch to keep people in the room, keep you around until lunchtime. Then they line up someone really cool right after lunch to get you back in the room. And then they have someone really cool end of the day. Right. And then in between, it's all pitches. And it just, you know, I've gone to a couple of events and it's literally the same guys getting on stage pitching their BS stuff every single time. And we're just reaching a point, I think, you know, where we're just, we're tired of that. We don't want to. And we run into this a lot with our events because we don't do pitching from the stage. So we get a lot of people who are like, seriously, you want three grand? That's a lot of money. I'm like, you're not going to get pitched at for two days. That's what I promise. Yeah. You're actually getting value. So what we do when we're trying to figure out who do we put on our stages, I do interviews with every single one of them. And one of the first things I do with them is I'm letting them know, hey, heads up. So here's how this event is, you know, here's where this event came from and why we do this event. Here's what makes this event special. Oh, and by the way, there's absolutely positively no pitching. Are you okay with that? And I say it just like that. And I wait to hear if they hesitate to reply, they're not getting booked. Right. Okay. Because that's them telling me, uh, I don't want to do an event where I can't pitch. So I know they're going to try and sneak pitches in. And we've had people do this, um, which is why at all of our events, I sit towards the front of the room. So I can literally walk up on stage and be like, that's a really awesome, you know what, why don't you and I, I'll get that information for them 
you guys don't worry about it. We'll, we'll get you that information, you know, later, right? So I can cut them off. But we haven't had an issue with that for the past few years because I'm super, super careful about how, who, how I interview. And we look and I pay my speakers. I mean, that's something you can't afford to do when you're getting started. Yeah. Or you can't afford to pay them a lot of money. But I pay my speakers really, really, really well. I mean, we paid this last event we just did was, was a six figure event. And the majority of that was the speaker fees because I don't want them getting on stage pitching. I want them showing up and saying, I'm here. I'm here to give. I already got paid. I don't need to get paid again. Because what I, and and I tell them, I'm like, look, when you show up like that, you get more clients out of it anyhow. Like you just will. Absolutely. I mean, I've signed up for courses, you know, where I've had this person is not pitching at all. They're just giving value. And you're like, I'm very interested in now finding out more. Listen, right. if they gave you me this much, Google their name. Yeah, you you Google their name. You know, the website will come up. They'll have everything they want to sell on there. You don't yeah. need to sell there and then. Right. Agreed. And so, so I look at I look at how well built out their online presence is. Right. Yeah. I look at who they are as a person. So we have some questions we ask that are just character discovery questions, where I'm just trying to figure out who is this person's character. Are they a person of integrity? Are they a person of energy? Are they a person of passion? Right. Or are, is this someone, and, and if I get the wrong vibe, done, won't done. do it, won't bring them in. I've, I'm, I've learned to go with my gut in a big way. Awesome. So kind of that brings me on to, you know, um, what's been some of your key lessons in trying to put events and, you know, that you said, these, you know, these are the core principles. I don't care if it's Tony Robbins or Grant Cardone or whoever the big name is or Bill Gates, if, you know, if, if they're not passing this or criteria or whatever that might be, well, what's been your kind of key lessons in, in trying to do events? Oh my gosh, there's been so many lessons in trying to do events. Um, <laughs> wow. I think one of, one of the big ones is there has to be a wow factor to your event. There has to be something. And here's the thing. I'm reaching a point where I am a little bit of a wow factor now, just me, Stephanie, um, at least for my audience, right? They know when Steph gets on stage, it's going to be good. It's going to be really good. They're really interested in hearing this. Um, They're willing to pay to show up. I mean, we had, so we have people who pay to come back to the next year's retreat without knowing who any of the speakers will be, without knowing where it'll be, without knowing anything but the date. They will pay you know, $2,500, we give them a little bit of a discount. They'll pay $2,500 to come back just because they know Stephanie's putting it on. So there's some wow factor building there. But one of the big things I've learned is you have to have some recognizable wow factor. There has to be something that people go, what? Like give a double take. And they're going, oh my gosh, you got... So for us, for the, you know, last year we had Mike Michalowicz come speak and he's this big name speaker here in the US. And so people would be like, you've got you've got Mike Michalowicz coming to speak. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Are you kidding with me? Is he going to be on site? Is he going to hang out? I'm like, yeah, that's the thing. All of our speakers come on site. You want to hang out with Mike Michalowicz? Come hang out. They're like, yes. Like, so you, there's gotta be some kind of like, bam, wow. Something that gets them excited. And for your free event, you know what? Your free event may be saying, you know what? I'm going to give away a free copy of a book, right? We got this really cool book. Here's why it's going to change your life because that's really important when you're talking about books or like I, I was just working with a client um, Wednesday and she was going to do a video about how these two influencers changed her life this year. And I said, look, I don't want to be a total asshole about this one, but no one cares. Yeah. I was like, you're not a big enough deal. If Tony Robbins says 
this guy changed my life, everyone goes, whoa, right? If you say that, eh, you're not a big enough deal. I was like, instead, what you need to talk about is what they did. And so instead of saying how, you know, these two influencers changed my life, let's twist it. Let's talk about how I learned to be seen and be interested this year and it transformed my networking and you can do the same. And so we changed the title to that. Still the same content, right? But we changed the title. So all that said, when you're talking about, and I'm just grabbing this book because I think it's the only book I, I just cleared off my desk. So, so I'll, I'll use Larry's book. He'll love this. So when you're talking about, okay, you need a copy of selling from the heart. You need a copy of selling from the heart. You sit here and you don't say this book transformed my life. Instead, you sit here and say, I want to talk to you about how I love that he calls out the common mistakes that people are making in sales. Because you know what? I realized I was making two of the 10. And by having his transparency, his willingness to sit there and say, salespeople are doing this and this and this and this and this and this, and it's ruining their sales. It enabled me to eliminate those two problem areas and increase my own sales. And if you show up to my event, I'm going to give you a free copy of his book. So you can do the same. Wow. Okay. okay. That's a different conversation. Okay. That's way more interesting. Now you're way more interested in getting a copy of this book yeah. than you are, than you were, you know, five minutes ago when I'm just sitting here saying, it's a great book. It's, it's transformational. It's transformational, right? It's, no one cares. It almost reminds me of, I don't know if you've read the book by Robert Caldini, uh, Influence. Yeah. Where he talks about the Hare Krishnas where he said that, you know, when he was observing them and he said, they were the only people that would uh, walk on the, when you're walking on the street, normally charity workers will stop you and you're like, oh God, go away. And you know, you're trying to not look at them and look away. What these people did was they actually, as you're walking by, you, they'll give you a flower. And, and you can't kind of say no to a flower. But when, as soon as they give you a flower, now you've got something, you kind of feel like I should give something. Yeah. And that was very, very interesting that when you mentioned this, kind of, kind of gave me that kind of picture again. It reminded me of that. Oh, that's very interesting. Yeah. I love Cialdini. He's genius. His stuff is just is. like spot on. And anything else that you would add to uh, in terms of your, your key lessons? Okay. Uh, are there any other key lessons? So, so the big one is there has to be wow factor. The other, the other big lesson, really, I think we kind of already talked about it, is you have to do more promotion and more marketing than you think you have to do. The right. event world is busy. And I'm talking, and whether you're, you know, you're an influencer, you're a coach, you're a consultant, and you're trying to put on an event like I do, or kind of the events you were trying to do, like a, you know, an hour and a half workshop, whatever, whatever you want to put on, okay, you need to treat it like a big deal, right? And, and I should finish my sentence. So whether you're the influencers, you're trying to put on like a workshop or whether you are a retail store trying to get people to come to your store, you need to treat that event like a big deal. Because when you treat the event like a throwaway, other people will do the same. Your marketing needs to reflect this event is a freaking big deal, y'all. You need to show up for this. This is going to be awesome, right? People yes. feed off that energy. They get excited off that energy. When you show up and you're like, I'm putting on this event. It's going to be really cool. I really hope you guys all make it. Everyone's like, oh, I don't want to go there. Ew, that's like, yeah. Kind of a, there's kind of a maybe energy in the second example you gave. It's almost like maybe. So if it's like Saturday morning, if I have nothing to do, you know, or whatever, Thursday evening, I have nothing to do. I might come and, you know, you're never going to go. what here. happens. Yeah, it becomes optional because you're like, well, I don't know if it's going to be great. 
Whereas the first energy is like, I got, I got to see what this chick's so excited about. What the heck? Right? Yeah, it's almost, it's almost like you say, you know, if you have that passion, that energy that almost come, comes across and how much, uh, let's say I want to put an event up and, you know, I'm going to get my marketing right. How long should I give before I actually say, like how, so if I'm thinking about doing an event, when should I do it and how, how much gap should I have before I start promoting it and things like that? A uh, really good question. So a couple of things that's going to depend on. One is going to be how big is the event? So if you're like, so one is going to be how big is the event? Two is going to be how big is your, your audience, right? Your raving fan audience. So if you have a small raving fan audience, you're going to need a little bit more time. If you have a larger raving fan audience, if I, if, so if I wanted to put on an event and we wanted to do something really spectacular, I could probably put it on in a couple of weeks, but that's because I've built up a network of locations I can call on. I've built up a, a really strong core group of raving fans. I could send out one email and have 15 to 20 people show up at an event, you know, tomorrow because my group is large enough where yeah. there are going to be people who can't show up, but there are going to be people who will, who can, and who will rewrite their schedule. So how big is your audience? How big is the event? Right. right. Um, and then you need time. Once you've completed prep on the content, you need time for promo too. So we actually start working on the content for the grow retreat now, like first and second quarter of each year. And the last half of each year is just dedicated to promotion. And, and you're talking about your grow events. What kind of sizes are they? Are they over a couple of hundred people or? No. So the grow retreat is actually only a hundred people. Right. It's actually I... fairly intimate. Um, we are doing a big event this year that will be like between 300 and 400 people. Um, so it's much bigger for us. We've been working on it for about six months already. So wow. Yeah. So depends on how big your event. If you want to put on a small event, you could probably put it on with, you know, a month's notice. But if you want to put on a really big event, you want to put on a conference, you're trying to get more than 30 people in the room. You probably are going to need at least six months of, of lead time. If you're trying to put on a really, really good event, I recommend a year of lead time. I really do. And that's, that's where, you know, you, I didn't know about the events that size you do. You do a lot more larger events and then obviously you have, you know, you, you know what you're doing. So you have, you can fill that in. Mm-hmm. For a lot of people starting up, uh, when some, if, I, if you were to tell me, you let's put an event for 100 people, I'll, be, I'll freak out a little bit. 100 people, right. that's way too big. People starting off would always think conservative amount, you know, 30 people, very good if they turn up, you know, 15, 10, no, whatever that amount might be. Mm-hmm. So someone with, with 10, 15, or let's say 30, it's a, it's a good number, not too much, not too less. If they're going with that kind of number, I've personally tried, I'm speaking from my experiences, other people I've spoken to, you know, it's, they have done two weeks, we have done three weeks, and we've done four weeks. And, you know, it's, it's, and for me, I didn't do enough to kind of have a figure and have an accurate kind of picture of how yeah. much the right time, what would you say in your view is the right kind of right amount of time? So if, I w- if you're really, if this is like really one of your first few events, what I would actually recommend is you go for 10 people. Right. You aim to get a solid 10 people in the room. Don't even aim for 30. 30 is much harder than you think it is. Aim for 10 people in the room, okay? And make it super intimate, super special. Give yourself 30 days. Give yourself one month to pull. So that gives you one week to pull the details together. Because right. remember, I said for every hour of promo, three hours of, or for every hour of prep, three hours of promo, one yeah. week to pull it together, three weeks to promo the event. Okay. And then you have to be consistent with your promo, right? You can't just be like, all right, I got three weeks till the event. I got all the details sorted. I'm good. Like, no, you got to actually work at that point. People think the hard part is the prep. The hard part is not the prep. 
the hard part is the marketing. Marketing. Awesome. That's, that's a very valuable lesson. I mean, if there's something I can take away today is, is that, and you know, I know, I know how many people say, you know, I've been working on the content for about three weeks now. And, you know, I've, I've already put the post out yesterday about the event and it's in about five days. And then they have so many less people show. I've done it so many times. I've, that's the common mistake everyone's making. Wow. Well, and it's so demoralizing because you just spent all this time on that content. You put together good content. Like, you know, you did, right? Yeah. And yet no one showed up for it. And you're sitting here going, like, you feel like it's a personal affront. Like they couldn't take my word that this was good enough. What the heck? Like that really hurts. It cuts. And the thing to keep in mind is that it's not that they didn't take your word that it was good enough. Part of it is, you know, they, they all assumed someone else was going to show up. So they all like, there's this assumption of, you know, you know, I won't be there, but you know, so many other people will. So there's all people always have that assumption for one, for two, sometimes they just don't remember that it was going to happen again, nothing personal. It just, we all have busy stuff going on, yeah. right? We all have things pulling us in different directions. So that's nothing personal to you. Sometimes stuff comes up. I mean, I had a lady who came to me a couple of years ago and she said, Hey, Steph, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it to your event. Um, I just had to fire my COO for embezzlement. She's stolen almost $300,000 from me in the past two years. Wow. I was like, yeah, that's a really good reason for not being able to come to the event. Um, I was, she, we actually, when we talked it over, she actually did end up coming to the event anyhow. But I mean, like, that's a lot. And you'll get stuff happens. They get in a car accident, their dog was thrown up, they're, you know, whatever. So stuff, so a lot of times it's not personal, but they have to hear it again and again and again. You got to get, you got to think about how do I get this to beat in their head? Yeah. Right? How do I get this to be? I, I remember that. <laughs> Um, um, elevate the application phone app. Uh, every mm -hmm. time I go on YouTube and watching a video and the elevate ad comes up and then it came up again. I, I, I promise it was like six months constant. Every single, I'm like annoyed for the five second it comes on, cancel, cancel, get rid of it. <laughs> After six months, I said, you know what? I'm going to check it out. And right. I finally got it and I'm using it. <laughs> so that repetitive, so, you know, keep on, keep on pushing and pushing and pushing. It's five seconds, right? As soon as the right. five seconds, you click on escape and then, you know, exit and, and then it goes away. And then you're like, and you kind of feel the music, the voice, and you're like, I should check it out. Some, what is it? I, I need to check it out. Yeah. And have your events feed into other events, right? So if you put on a small event, first yeah. of all, you put on a small event that's only 10 people, you can start promoting it's sold out. It's sold out. And you make those 10 people feel like superstars. Like they are amazing for showing up. You make them feel so special. You get pictures and you start, you promote after the event too, right? So we're getting ready to put out a, promo, a press release after the Grow Retreat too. You know, Grow Retreat's over. We're going to put out another press release. We're putting out all these social media. We're talking about it. We're keeping the conversation going because what it does is it makes people go, man, next time this guy does an event, I'm... I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, I'm making a point of this, right? And then those people are still going to forget to show up. That's okay. Keep doing it again. And you're going to get people who show up the next time. So roll from one event to the next, make it part of your marketing campaign. Awesome. Yeah. And let's, let's quickly talk about uh, your books. I mean, um, they're kind of very good reviews, bestsellers, you know, getting past mm -hmm. the gatekeeper and, and friend power. Talk a little bit about that. You know, what, what are they about? And, 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 um, you know, if someone's starting off with, with events in, or, or starting off, uh, you know, how, how the books can help them. 
Wow. Um, great question. I'm not totally sure the events, the books will help them if they're getting started. Well, the friend power one might. I wrote both of these before we started getting into doing, you know, events. Yeah. Friend power is all about how the people you choose to spend your time with influence your life. They either elevate or relegate your success. They either yeah. lift you up or they pull you down. And so that could help you with your events because friend power is all about becoming intentional with yeah. who you're spending your time with and giving you the tools, not just to help you recognize how those people are influencing you. Because a lot of times, you know, like Cialdini talks about, influence is subconscious. And so you got all these people in your life who are influencing you, who are changing you, whether or not you know it, whether or not you realize it, they are shifting you. And so the first part of the Friend Power book is all about just being able to recognize that. And then the last, I think, two or three chapters are just all about, okay, so now that you've recognized that there are people influencing you in ways you don't want to be influenced, what do I do? What do I do about this? How do I deal with it? Because the last thing you want to do is be like, all right, we're not hanging out anymore. You're not a good influence on me. Like that doesn't go over well because yeah. so you don't say that, right? You, there's other ways to kind of weed people out of your, your, your sphere, right? So, you know, that's, that's for, so friend power could actually help you because it could help you start to pick up on, you know, who's keeping you thinking small. Who's holding you back from being successful with your business, with your events, right? And can you find people that you want to hang out with that can help you be successful with those events? Getting Past the Gatekeeper is all about, it actually started because back when I was doing sales training, when I first started in sales, I had, I hated the gatekeeper, right? I think every sales rep can relate to that. Like we would all stand out in the alley outside of work and I didn't smoke. So I would just be standing there just, you know, totally complaining along with everyone else about the gatekeepers and the jerks and how dare they. And they keep me, you know, if it weren't for the gatekeeper, you know, the gatekeepers holding me back. Right. And about a year into sales training, someone came to me and he's complaining about the gatekeeper. And I had this like epiphany moment of like, holy crap, the gatekeepers don't give me problems anymore. And he looks at me and he goes, well, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what do you mean? They don't, how are they not giving you? I was like, I mean, when I talk to a gatekeeper, they become my best friend. Like I have gatekeepers advocating for me to the boss. Wow. And he goes, oh my God, you need to write a book about that. <laughs> and so I just sat down and I was like, okay, what exactly am I doing? How did I go from hating the gatekeepers to gatekeeper? I love it when I get a gatekeeper because gatekeepers, I'm going to turn that person into my best friend. They are going to go to their boss. They're going to be the person who sits there and says, boss, you need to talk to this person. No, no, you need, you need to take her seriously. You need to have a conversation with her. She's exactly what you need. I scheduled her for an appointment. You're going to be here. I, I've had gatekeepers do, have that exact conversation and I show up and the boss is sitting there going all right, I don't know what the heck you want, but my gatekeeper is just enamored with you. So what's going on? And I get sales out of that all the time. So that was where getting past the gatekeeper came from was like, okay, how do I do this? Figuring that out and then turning it into a book. And we actually... I should have grabbed these books. I should have been talking about my books earlier. We made it super small. So it actually like fit in your back pocket or in your purse or in your briefcase. So as you're going through your day and you're like, okay, I'm having trouble with my gatekeepers. Let's find a Let's, okay. All right. So it can be like a reference book. So I don't know if that'll help you with events, but it will help you with sales. I will tell you that. Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, um, you, you know, on the first one, the first book, the friend power, I've, I've had this issue over many years where I kind of, um, I'd say that with respect to my, my college friends, um, I kind of outgrew them in the sense that I wanted a lot more meaning and passion out of my life. I was kind of phasing out. I, I, 
around. I was 25. And at the time, I was kind of out of the partying kind of slowly. And I was like, I'm not enjoying this anymore. I want to do something more with my life. Yeah. But how do you go and tell someone, look, I don't want to do mm-hmm. this. And all of a sudden, you're a changed person and you're not nice anymore. And, you know, and I kind of, you know, the way I handle that is, a, you know, I'm sure your book covers a lot of these points and a lot more than that. Is, and I said, listen, I have these goals I want to achieve and that would mean I'm not going to be able to go out as much and I'm not, you're not going to like this, but it is how it is, you know. Once yeah. I make it, you know, the way I kind of twisted it, once I make it, uh, you know, then we can hang out all the time. <laughs> right. So that was kind of my way of getting out of it. Right. And, 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 and absolutely, and that, that allows you to, uh, and then how did I kind of replace that? It was this, you know, trying to figure out what can I do uh, that can allow me to connect with people that are that have a lot of knowledge and wisdom and all of that. And the podcast was one amazing way of building my circle. How do I go out in the world now and connect with yeah. all these amazing people and learn from them and have meaningful conversations and and I'll hopefully give them something back in value? And that's how that came, you know. And getting past the past the gatekeeper, you are doing a service by sharing that wisdom of yours. I know when I deal with, uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to reading the book and I'm, it's, 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 it's uh, you know, everything comes to you at the right time, but it's a shame I didn't find it early when I, when I, when I, I should have looked for it. I, I didn't know a book like that existed and it's going to help a lot of people. I mean, how do you get past, you know, you try to be, I've, I've tried my influencing methods has didn't work as well. <laughs> so I'm sure to kind of read it and then apply them. So yeah, thank you so much for sharing them. Yeah. Now I'm, I am glad to share. And I think, you know, I'm glad because it makes the gatekeepers happier. It makes the sales reps happier. You know, it just, it makes everyone have a much better life all around. And so I am so happy. And I was even telling you, like, this book is really popular over in the UK, um, which is hilarious because the only way to get the hard copy of the book in the UK is, you know, through me, which means we have to pay a ridiculous amount in shipping because it's not a traditional size. So Amazon won't print it. Um, but you can get the Kindle copy and we sell a lot of Kindle copies over in the UK. And I've just always laughed because, you know, like, I think this is my first podcast ever that's UK based. So I don't know how it just, you know, went viral over there, but it did. And it, you know, I think that's awesome. (laughs) Cool. Um, but we're kind of now coming to the end of the interview. Um, uh, any last words you'd like to add before we close it? You know, I think the only thing I would add is that, you know, events are so much, they're so challenging. They're a lot of work, but they are so worth it. When you put on a really great event and the amount of press you can get for your company, the amount of attention, the amount of connection you can create is is massive. Um, And I think they are underutilized, but they're underutilized in a good, like there's a lot of events out there. Yeah, There are not a lot of good events out there. Correct. Make your event a good event. And spend a lot of time promoting it, <laughs> and and it will be a huge asset. Awesome, I'm I'm sure a lot of people will be you know listening would want to connect with you and you know ask you questions and find out more about your services. What's the best way of reaching you, connecting with you, finding more about your work, and you know how you can help them? Um, I am a Facebook fanatic. I'm all over Facebook. So if you want to come connect with me on Facebook, you can get to my personal Facebook page at Success Steph. So and that's three S's in a row. Success Steph. And then if you look through, if you sneak through and look through the, you know, the Facebook page, you can see where like, you know, Stephanie Scheller has shared this right to my personal page and you're welcome to send me connection requests. Just message me to be like, Hey, you know, I, I've heard you on the podcast. I want to connect so that I know you're not like some random 
weirdo person. Um, the other way I would say is just, you know, the Grow Disrupt, my company's website, growdisrupt.com. If you go there, you fill out the form. My team is really good. They'll get you to me within 24 hours. Awesome. Well, once again, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to another episode of Only the Brave Have Fun. I hope you got some great value and insights from this episode. If, and if you're someone who wants to transition from being an employee to an entrepreneur, then I have some great free resources for you. If you visit www.jazbearaurora.com, that's www.jazbearaurora.com, and drop me a line, I will send you an ebook and also a one-hour masterclass. And also, um, go and take the Escape the 95 survey, uh, which will help you understand where you are right now um, and where the gaps are in your knowledge to transition from being an employee to an entrepreneur. And if you're a business and you need help growing or if you have any uh, issues that you'd like to discuss, then yeah, once again, visit the website and I'll be more than happy to help you. Thank you for listening.